0: Here we go again. We got another deal to give you the inside scoop on from start to finish and the challenges in between. So if you want to hear how we closed on these two duplexes with no down payment needed, this is going to be an episode for you. Welcome to Money Vision U. In this podcast... We are passionate about teaching the financial class you should have had in high school so you can learn how to fast-track your financial freedom. If you want to learn how to make, manage, and multiply your money and see opportunities the way the wealthy do, then you came to the right place. I'm your host, Stuart Berryhill. Money Vision U, class in session. So let's go ahead and start this episode by talking about how we found the duplexes and the process to getting to closing. These duplexes were sent to us from a local real estate agent in the market, one we had been building a relationship with for the year prior, so they knew a little bit better uh, what we were looking for. And when looking at smaller properties like duplexes or fourplexes, things like that, I like to find properties where the numbers will work with long term tenants. Maybe it meets the 1% rule, things like that, but are also in a location where we can convert it to short term rentals if we want to. That's not everyone's strategy. That's just us in particular because we like the short term rental game. But these duplexes fit that mold. So we decided to put an offer in at full price, and the offer was accepted. And they asked for what is called $6,000 of earnest money down, which we gave. And earnest money is basically a down payment on the front end to show good faith you can and will close. Earnest money is refundable up until a certain point. Often that is the end of the due diligence period. And once you're past that certain point, that earnest money becomes hard, meaning it is non-refundable. So it's locked in, and if you don't close, you don't get that money back. So you want to be pretty confident that you are going to close once that money is locked in after your due diligence or the time negotiated for the earnest money. So we started our 10-day due diligence. That was what was in our contract. Got an inspector out there to give a report on the property. And we were able from there to negotiate to get the seller to give us a little bit of seller credit to help with some of the repairs that were going to be needed. Once the final terms were agreed upon with the sales price and the seller credits, we were going to get back for some repairs. That earnest money went hard, so it was locked in, non-refundable, and if we don't close, we don't get that $6,000 back. Now, we had already started looking at the financing that we wanted before due diligence was completed and really even before we had the deal under contract so we could get an idea of terms. But the remaining time after the due diligence period is really spent to get the financing locked in. That financing may come from a bank, a hard money lender, private money lender. And once you are approved, the bank or whoever it may be, they will order an appraisal which will send an appraiser out to the property and they will put a report together and that can take a few weeks and appraisals can often be what really holds up deals. And I believe in our contract, after our 10-day due diligence period, we had 30 days to get the financing and to close. So to recap, you have your 10-day due diligence period or whatever the amount of days is you put in the contract followed by the 30-day kind of financing period period. And once you get the appraisal back, you may be able to negotiate, but that's not always going to be able to happen, especially for investment properties. So everything was going smooth for us. And then we ran into a speed bump. Where it got tricky was the bank that we were going to use, we love their terms, and it is who we had used in the past. So we are building a relationship with them. But to get the terms that we wanted, They wanted us to separate the two duplexes to be on two separate contracts, which wasn't a big deal. That didn't take long, but every day counts when you're trying to close on time. And then on top of this, the bigger deal was they gave us a contingency that our fix and flip house that we had a loan with them on had to be sold before they would be willing to close on these two duplexes. And I think the day after they gave us this contingency, we were able to get our fix and flip under contract to close, which was a blessing from the Lord, but it made things very tight and really pretty stressful. So us buying the duplexes were contingent on the house being sold. So we were just trying to get rid of that thing because we felt we had a solid deal with the duplexes and we were we knew we were going to make a little bit of money on the fix and flip. Anyways, we just kind of cut our losses there since we had to get out of it quickly but here's the problem what the original closing date was on the duplexes was not going to be able to happen due to this contingency so we were going to need to ask for a 10-day extension from the seller and note to self in the future always have the allowance for a 10-day extension in a contract for an investment property to help allow for more time if needed because it pretty often is going to be needed for whatever reason. Now, we had a nice enough seller who was going to allow us to get a 10-day extension, but these extensions come with a cost. You're most likely going to need to put more hard money down. So remember, we already had $6,000 hard at this point, and I believe we had to put another $4,000 hard, if my memory is correct, So what that means is if we don't close this property in time from this extension, we are going to be out $10,000. And we came as close to the wire as I think you can come. Something where I'm very thankful to the Lord, but I would rather not relive that stress. I'll get into that story after going over the numbers though. So check this out. Here's the numbers. We bought each duplex at $150,000, so $300,000 in total. Our lender gave us a loan in which the terms were 85% of the appraised value. They may call that LTV, 85% LTV loan to value. They gave us 100% financing on the rehab, which we had budgeted about $50,000 in total between the two, but we had also got seller credit. If you remember me talking about that earlier, and we were given $12,500 in total between the two duplexes as seller credit as well. So the lender basically gave us $40,000 to go with the $12,500 we already had for the rehab budget. It came with a 20-year note or amortization, five-year terms with a balloon interest rate at 4.25%. So every five years, that interest rate can change. That's what balloon means basically. And it was, I think we have three months of interest only, so we don't have to pay any principal on the property. It helps it cash flow and get started and get the ball rolling a little bit for those first three months. I go into further detail on how all that breaks down. If you want to hear me break down those loan terms and really define those in episode nine. So if you want to check that out, uh, you can listen to that to really get a breakdown there and if you've already listened to that episode hopefully you can be like hey that makes more sense now that's kind of the goal of this podcast and these episodes so with these types of loans that we're getting loan to value where it's based on the appraisal that makes the appraisal pretty darn important and we were thinking it was going to appraise somewhere around 200,000 for each duplex well we got the appraisal back the moment we had been waiting for and it came to be 240,000 for each property. So to say we were thrilled is an understatement because this meant that no money was going to be needed for down payment because the type of loan we got was going to have all that covered. Our loan terms were 85% of that appraisal value. So 85% of 240000 is 204000 So that was going to be our loan amount, which covered the cost we were purchasing it at, plus the 20,000 rehab amount we were going to get from the lender. And remember, we purchased these duplexes at 150,000 each and needed 20,000 each from the lender for rehab. So we only technically needed a loan of 170,000 per duplex, but we got a loan of 204,000 because of where it appraised. So that ended up covering the down payment and gives us 34,000 in additional equity because 204,000 minus 170,000 is 34,000. So to figure out our amount of equity in the deal, our total amount per duplex that is, we take 240,000, subtract 170,000 to get 70,000. And if you want to get that in percentage, just take your equity amount and divide it by the total amount. So 70000 divided by 240000 is roughly 30% equity. And we were able to get that without paying any down payment. Pretty sweet deal. We were able to get super happy about it. Now, the downside of this type of loan is that you are going to have bigger loan payments because your loan amount is bigger. So your principal and interest payment is going to be higher. So that is the downside of this type of loan. But for us, we don't mind that if it means we don't have to put much or any of our own money in the deal so we can keep our cash more liquid and disperse it into other investments to help build our portfolio. And if you have minimal money in a deal, your cash on cash return, which is just a metric measuring the amount of cash flow you get in relation to how much cash you put in. So for example, if someone puts in $100,000 cash and get $6,000 back annually. That means their cash on cash return would be 6%. Solid cash on cash return. But if you are able to put minimal to no money in the deal, that percentage is going to go way up. So if you're able to put zero in the deal, technically zero divided by whatever amount of cash flow you get is infinite. And those are the deals that can be really nice. So because we were able to put no money as a down payment in and only really had to pay closing costs, our cash on cash return on this property is really nice. So we are probably going to hold on to it for a while and just let it be a good cash flowing property. But anyways, to kind of finalize all this, we we got to closing and we owed no down payment money, but just closing cost money, which ended up being roughly $8,000 in total between the two properties. But remember, we had already given the hard money, so we were able to use that to cover the closing costs. And on top of that, we got the security deposits from the current tenants, which you should always get anyways. But we also got the prorated rent amount, which you should always fight for as well. And that just means, say the property closes on the 5th of the month, well, you don't want the seller to be able to get or collect the rent for the total month, you want to get your percentage of that rent. So if you are going to own the property, 25 out of the 31 days of the month, you should get 25 divided by 31 is roughly 80%. You should get roughly 80% of the rent collected. So if the rent is $1,000, you should get 800 of that. That is something I would say you need to negotiate to get when you close on a property. So we got the prorated rent in all the units and actually ended up walking out with $8,000 being credited back to us. And some of that was security deposits, so you don't touch that as that really isn't yours unless tenant causes damage. But overall, it was a pretty darn sweet deal, one we were very excited about. But just to let you know the stress of the closing, let me take you through that because I mentioned that before. We were supposed to close on a Tuesday. And the fix and flip that we had, remember the contingency, was that had to be sold. That wasn't sold officially until the Friday before. So the lender wasn't able to get all the information sent over to the title company until Friday afternoon. So we didn't get the title documents from the title company until Monday afternoon, the day before closing. And what made that even tougher was my brother, who is a partner, is in Southern California. And I was in Montana doing our van life thing. So I had to scramble to the public library to print off the 160 pages or whatever we had to sign. And then I found a notary that I could sign in front of, whatever. Got to UPS after doing all that, two minutes late. So I was like, where do I go? How can I get this delivered? So uh, they told me to get to the main warehouse that was by the airport. If I'm there in the next 30 minutes, we can get my docs sent off. And remember, if we don't have the documents overnighted by that Monday so they can be at the location on Tuesday, we would be out $10,000 hard money as well as this great deal that we had. So I was able to scramble on over there and get my documents delivered. My brother's printer, as he was printing everything out, ran out of ink halfway through where he started and every minute is valuable at this point. So he had to scramble, uh, I think to a UPS near their local airport in which they let him print and get it notarized right there. And when I say, Minutes, I mean, I think we both beat the deadline by no more than 10 minutes since their trucks and planes were starting to fly off. Literally, he caught the last truck. So, yeah, we were sweating bullets, but found a way to get it done and got a story out of it and celebrated with some Monday Night Football. A little bit harder closing at a separate location and trying to get all that done, but found a way, got it done, and hopefully our lender never puts us through a contingency like that again. But this is our fourth deal with them, so now hopefully they're going to start trusting us more since we have proven to pay them on time and get stuff closed, which hopefully will lead to even better loan terms in the future. But hopefully this helped take you through the numbers and the process of closing a deal. The more of these you listen to, the more you will learn the real estate language. So if you are interested in real estate, start looking around, get in Facebook groups, ask people questions. Find lenders and ask about terms, their terms that they offer for properties, and start getting connected with some local real estate and insurance agents. It can all seem daunting at first, but just keep stumbling forward and learning and growing. And before you know it, you may find yourself with real estate in your investment portfolio. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Vision U this is something that added value to you then please subscribe leave a review and share we are passionate about teaching financial literacy so you can learn to take control of your financial future if you want to learn more then follow us on social media platforms at money Vision U. we look forward to catching you in the next class